name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Alex Matheson, video coach with the University of Ottawa. Joining us for the second time on the podcast, Alex gives us an in-depth analysis of his career, which includes a variety of positions in various levels of the game. The path to hockey isn't always a straight road, but as you'll hear today, there's something to learn in each and every role. With that, I am happy to present Alex Matheson, video coach with the University of Ottawa. Today I'm joined by Alex Matheson, video coach for the University of Ottawa. Alex, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And I know you've been on uh, previously with the Roundtable series. And for those who haven't got a chance to listen to that one, I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, you know, Alex and the other guests gave a lot of great advice on uh, an area that I'm not an expert in. But um, yeah, so we're, today we're going to dive into your career a little bit more and, and get the story on your background. So how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself, including where you're from, and then speak to your involvement in youth sports. Yeah, so born and raised in Ottawa. Um, grew up, I, I didn't really actually play hockey till I think about Pee Wee. Um, played house league. It was once or twice a week. Like I just did it for fun. Um, I ended up quitting after I think my like kind of minor midget year in grade 10 and uh, it was kind of ironic. It was because I didn't have a good experience with a coach and um, ended up taking the next year off. And um, then grade 12 came around, needed volunteer hours for school and thought I might as well do something for, for fun and uh, reached out to the association that I had uh, played with and see if they needed somebody to coach. And I didn't actually hear back from anybody for probably a month or two. And Got a little nervous starting school and everything like that, but uh, got lucky that a guy named Roy York, who'd been coaching for decades in Ottawa, reached out and uh, brought me onto his staff. He was coaching two teams at the time, so got my hours pretty easily there and um, ended up kind of catching the, the coaching bug and, and loved doing it, loved being at the rink and and decided to kind of make a career or at least chase a chase a dream out of it kind of how it all started you know it's, it's interesting because you think that everybody would play hockey from the time they can walk right through and, and go into a career but a lot of the guests on here have played other sports or, or didn't play hockey at all so um, as a fellow house leaguer I uh, it's interesting to hear that you uh, you went through that experience and although you didn't have a great experience with a the coach there uh, towards the end there's still you know that uh, enjoyment of the game and you're able to pursue it a little bit later so Diving into your early experiences, uh, one of them is with the Bells Simplex. Uh, just touch on that role and then uh, what you learned there. Yeah, so I did that. Uh, I was with the Bell Simplex for an internship when I was at uh, Algonquin College for Rec and Leisure Services. Um, did an intern, reached out to them and ended up getting in touch with their uh, tournament coordinator and uh, got on with them, helped them out with all sorts of aspects in the tournament field with marketing and promoting the tournament to um, getting game sheets ready and, and actually helping out the day of the event. And that was kind of my first working experience in hockey. So um, it was 
a really good experience getting to see the tournament's perspective, um, especially at being coaching for a couple of years, seeing how it kind of runs behind the scenes and um, kind of a, my first taste of intense hockey parents. So that was a huge, uh, huge introduction there and seeing how, how intense some people actually take it. So oh, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed my time there and uh, ended up working, getting a job out of it and working there for probably about six, seven months. That's very interesting. And um, anytime you can run a tournament and we'll get into another experience you have with that later, but uh, yeah, I think the parents are, are one thing that you don't really anticipate being as engaged or as passionate um, early on as they are in the event and uh, both good and bad, but very interesting to hear that initial experience for sure. Uh, looking at coaching, you had a position there in the West End Hockey League. Uh, how was that experience and what did it teach you, uh, you know, moving forward in your career? Yeah, so that was the House League Association I started with and, and the one I played with. The, the, our main rink was about five minutes from my house, so it was nice, easy to get to. And um, my first year with the West End was coaching with Roy, being an assistant. I mean, it was just most of it was pushing pucks and filling up water bottles and tying skates and it was uh, a lot of the kind of grunt work and but it was a good experience just um, Roy was kind of I think a great role model to have at the start that he he's just one of the few guys that genuinely just loves coaching hockey to coach hockey and and see kids develop and it was a great experience getting to work with him and um, I'd ended up after grade 12 when I started with him I, I left for for college and I told him when I get back, I, I want to reach out and um, coach with you again and, and get experience. And he had no problem with that. And I came back in a year and um, connected again, started helping out. And, and he saw that I wanted to keep going with coaching and, and he was more than willing to, you know, let me start running practices and running drills. And um, towards my third year with him, he was letting me run the bench, um, even though it was his team. So, um, he was really good to to have around and and then coached uh, had my own team for the last two years and both both teams were midget house league which is a hell of experience when you got kids that really don't <laughs> just want to play for an hour and go home and don't want to show up to practice so that gave me a good experience you know running a practice with just six players on a friday night and um but no, it was a, a great experience, great way to start and, and just be involved and kind of give back to the community in a way. Yeah, it's a nice way to uh, approach coaching as well. And, and when you have someone that's willing to give you that long leash and, and have those experiences in a, in a place that, you know, maybe not under the spotlight as much, it, uh, you know, it really helps with your confidence. And I can attest to the, the practices in House League. It's a, it's a tough place to get numbers. Uh, I know the last couple of years I played, we actually just scrapped practices all together and, yeah. and switched to two games a week just to kind of help with the numbers and, you know, I you're wasting your time. I think I got an email every week from yeah. one or two parents just saying, hey, why don't we do a scrimmage or maybe they'll come out that way and like, they won't come out. It's a Friday no. night. It's nine o'clock. It is what it is. But yeah, it was uh, an experience. It's just another way to, you know, find out how you can motivate kids to actually come out and get some of your better players come out. And once they come out, then, then the other guys will follow. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting experience coaching house league. Yeah. And for anybody that has the opportunity, definitely. It's a, it's a lot of fun, but 
a lot of hard work as well. So we touched on uh, another event that you would be involved in running, and that's the, uh, the Play On event. Uh, like in St. John's, it also happens in the Ottawa area and a number of different places. So just talk about your role with that and then the opportunity to work in such an exciting event as Play On. Yeah, so that was another internship that I did. Um, it was actually when I was at Algonquin for sport management. Um, so I ended up reaching out, getting a position with them as an intern. And uh, main focus was at the auto event. Uh, my main task was recruiting officials, which again, just another pretty, uh, pretty good experience. Tough finding officials that are willing to put up with you know, some of the abuse that they get at these tournaments for, you know, not, not a lot of pay. So um, that was a good experience with recruiting and just managing. We probably had about a hundred officials that we had to manage and work around the game schedule and uh, that sort of thing. So that gave me just more working experience that um, didn't take for granted. And um, our big focus on the day of was, or at least mine was, was making sure officials were, good and all the rinks were covered and uh, like I mentioned to you earlier that it was a 35 degree weekend or 35 degrees out that weekend and um, dealt with a lot of heated people and um, gave me another just more experience dealing with different situations that uh, can translate to hockey can translate to work and um, I had a referee get yelled at and I was standing next to him trying to calm him down and got yelled at again and and then he just quit and he got in his car and drove away. And I was standing there with a whistle in my hands, not not really sure what to do. So um, definitely made me think on my toes. And you never know, like hockey, you never know what's going to happen next. So always being prepared to really help me out for that. Yeah, those events can be very unpredictable. And like you said, the coaches, or sorry, the referees uh, sometimes get uh, chewed out for maybe a reason that they shouldn't, but, um, you know, another opportunity for you to, uh, you know, work with contingency planning and, and be there when they need them. And just another feather in your cap for a learning experience. So, yeah. you know, after the West End Hockey League uh, and after a couple of these different things, your next coaching stop was with the Ottawa Sting. Uh, talk about that opportunity and then also touch on the transition to coaching uh, shortly after with the uh, Junior 67s. Yeah, so I, I coached with West End for about five years. And after the fifth year, I knew like I needed to to move up and, um, you know, actually start kind of chasing that dream. And um had an interview with the Sting and they were really happy, happy with it and, and wanted to bring me on and wanted me to get my experience first coaching at competitive. So they put me with a uh, minor midget B team. Um, that was bit of an interesting year I won't name names but it was a unique perspective with some of the guys I coached with that uh, kind of gave me the you know knowledge of how not to coach in a way they seeing the very old school of my way or the highway uh, was my first year and it uh, it just gave me a good point of view of seeing you know that you can't just control everything and micromanage everything because it can go downhill really quick. So it was, uh, I mean, I, I'll admit I got disinterested probably by December, just like a lot of the players. And, and I think it was just because of, a, you know, the leadership that you had there, not to knock the guy at all, but he, he was a hockey guy, knew a lot about hockey and everything like that. I think sometimes personalities just don't work in, 
and uh, you know we we had a good team, but we weren't winning games, and it uh, you know it just kind of snowballed in a way, and yeah. it can get out of hand really quick. So it was definitely a really good experience, and and then the next year I was able to get my own uh, major bantam B team. Um, so I was there, got to be a head coach, and that was also a, another really good experience. We started off really well. We won a couple of tournaments, and and then towards the end of the season, I I think I don't know if I put pressure on myself, and it translated to the hockey. But we we lost in the first round of the playoffs, and we were down pretty early, and it didn't go the way any of us kind of expected. So it was another experience that you know at the end of it I was looking back and realizing how poorly it went and uh, I think I might have had a bit of a sky is falling situation I thought okay well there was my one chance of being a head coach like it's done I pack it in kind of thing so I got kind of down on myself but um, just kind of realized that you got to learn from those moments especially and um, that kind of transitioned I wasn't going to coach. I was with the Raiders at the time, the Bean Raiders uh, junior team. I was with them at the time, and I wasn't going to coach hockey. I thought I'd just focus with them and stay with them. And ended up, uh, while I was working at HEO, Jared DeFazio, coach of the Junior 67's Pee Wee team, called. And he ended up looking for a coach, and this was probably middle of August. And it just kind of happened. I talked to him for 20 minutes, and he's another great hockey guy that just loves coaching for for the you know fact of coaching and like being around the players and seeing them develop and stuff and I talked to him for 20 minutes and and it just seemed like a right fit and I thought I couldn't pass up that opportunity and and coach with him and we had a really good year and he's somebody I still stay in touch with and um, would look forward to coaching with any time. Yeah no it's very interesting the the way you kind of broke that down and you know, you always have to take these steps to get to that final destination. And sometimes it is a first round exit. And I, I've been in situations where, you know, everything's going good. And then you get that first round. It's like, oh, here we go. And for whatever reason, whether you're the better team or the worst team, it, you know, it doesn't go your way. And you kind of just have to take it for what it is and, uh, you know, keep trudging forward and look for those future opportunities. And, you know, there's a number of different positions that came up here uh, following that in your career. And, I'll do my best to kind of navigate them through like yeah. like a story, but we'll touch on each of them and, and kind of break it down. So the first I wanted to talk about, which a lot of people listening are involved with or have been involved with in the past is ISS scouting. Uh, just talk about the intern program there and then what you learned, um, you know, during your turn with them. Yeah, so I did that, uh, forget the year exactly, but I was with the Raiders again. And it was, uh, I think it was the same year I thought I wasn't going to be coaching. So I thought, you know what, maybe I'll I'll do this, get a bit of experience scouting and um, watching some of the U18 games here in the area and um, get experience there. And that was a good experience too. I, I worked with uh, Ben Gallant, who's now, uh, I think, with Mississauga as a scout there. And, and he was somebody I'd see at the rink every week and was more than willing. I still see him and he's still says hi to me. And now that he's a big time in the OHL, he's still willing to say hi. But um, he was a, another great guy to to really learn from, and um, I had a good experience there. Was able to scout the midget league, and and some of our calls kind of worked out that they were always Monday nights, which is the big uh, game night for U18 league in Ottawa. Um, so I didn't get to all of them, but 
got to some where they had NHL scouts on or, or OHL guys on and it was just another kind of learning experience to you know see how other guys are looking at the game and um, yeah it was a good opportunity there just to be able to create some reports and at least have some there's my dog barking I don't know if you hear that but uh, joys of working from home yeah so I scouted with them it's just a, it was a good way to build up reports and kind of get my name out there that I have reports in in RinkNet now and um, yeah just had a good year there and met some people like Ben and um, that really helped me along the way. Yeah ISS is a great program and I, I wasn't one of those people that went that way. I went with scout.ca and kind of got uh, some help there with Andrew Sykes, but um, ISS really does uh, help people progress and gives them the, those connections. And, and Ben Gallant is a name that has come up a couple of times on this. And yeah. maybe it's about time I look to uh, get him on the podcast, but uh, you know, it, it's great to hear that you were able to, you know, take it for all it is and, and learn the scouting side and um, it paid dividends moving forward. I think it's a really good place to end up like scout.ca is giving people that might not have that opportunity otherwise um, you know I'd probably only coach competitive for a year or two so nobody's gonna really want to take my opinion too seriously but it does give you that platform that maybe you are have a lot of knowledge in hockey but just haven't had that break that it does give you that break and so I'd recommend anybody doing whether it's ISS or scout.ca just something to help you get in those are it'll be a lot of free work for you to do, but, but it pays off Yeah, in the end that you, it, that's your break that you got to take advantage of. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, that platform and on top of that, that credibility that people are going to give you a second look and, and look into your reports and it could be on RinkNet or it could be some content you put on Twitter or whatever it may be, but always good to, uh, you know, free work at the beginning, but it does pay dividends, as you said. So one of the positions that you mentioned a few times here, and I think it's about time we kind of dove into it, is your time with PN as a video coach at the junior A level. And then, uh, you know, at the U18 AAA level, you were an assistant coach. Just talk about both of those roles and kind of how you got involved with that. Yeah. Um, so I got in, in the PN by, it was actually when I was with, um, started when I was in school for sport management. Um, one of my friends in the class was uh, Rich Magdalene. I'll give him a shout out. It probably won't listen doesn't follow me anymore but um he uh he was working with the junior sons at the time and uh, as their trainer and helped him out at some of the game day stuff and and then he went over to Nepean and helped went with him and helped him out with the game days there and and he ended up kind of going the family route and focused on his career and everything like that so I think that was about 2014 that I kind of stepped into his role as a, a game day coordinator I guess you could call it and uh, helped out Randy Watt the GM there and um, you know did everything from working the canteen selling tickets to like I said yesterday I was manning the goal light one night and like it's just I probably spent time in the penalty box opening and closing that door just doing anything to help out and getting a camera equipment set up anything like that so um, did that for for a few months and then in December of that year, the the video coach ended up quitting, and I I went up to Randy. I think the next time I saw him, and I said, you know, I asked if he was looking for somebody, and he said he is, and asked if I was interested, and I said absolutely, um, and he was more than willing to to let me take on that role. So, um, yeah, I got. I mean, it, a lot of people apply for positions, and 
I, th I really think I was fortunate just to kind of walk into the position one day and uh, kind of the rest is history there. But, um, you know, kept going with video coaching. I didn't really know anything about video coaching before I started there. Um, I saw that it was done on a computer and like that was about all I knew. I didn't know I had some hockey knowledge, so I kind of knew what I was supposed to tag. But, um, you know, my first guy mentioned it yesterday, my first game, we were on a two hour bus ride and I just stared at the key list sheet just so I knew which button to press at one time. And I don't think I stopped staring at that the whole bus ride. So a um, lot of nerves and, you know, did my first few games and started to get a bit more comfortable. And um, I was actually feeling pretty good. And I think my third game, we were in Hawkesbury and I ended up talking to their video coach and he's like, oh, that's good. Like you just starting out. I said, yeah. And he's like, cool. Yeah, I've been doing it for a while. And and he said, oh, I've been getting about four to 500 clips a game. And I was like, well, I'm at like 100. <laughs> and that's with me feeling pretty good. So that uh, set me back a bit, but gave me a bit of motivation to to tag a bit more and get kind of to his level. And um, no, the peeing was a great, great experience. Like, like I said, working with Randy Watt, I was really lucky that he gave me that opportunity and uh, kind of saw something to let me go further in the organization and not just stick to stick to the game day stuff and Darcy Finley was a head coach and and like my god he was somebody that I could go on for for a long time he he helped me tremendously I think he he was really passionate about video and and having a lot of it for the guys he did it before games in between periods like he'd look at it post game and he was really a guy I learned a lot from um, he was, you know, a total work ethic kind of guy. And um, like I said yesterday, I was probably at the rink three, four hours be, before the games, and and he was too. And I could just talk hockey with him and learn a lot. He played played D1 hockey and played in the CCHL as well. So he had a lot of knowledge, and, and uh, he was somebody I felt always kind of looked out, knew I wanted to go further and wanted to make that happen as well. So, um yeah, like it couldn't really say more about my experience there. It was a great experience, and that was my first main experience in junior hockey, and really lucky I had that opportunity. Yeah, it sounds like a, a tremendous place to kind of learn your craft and get started. And when you have those people, as we mentioned before, with your coach uh, that you started out with, you have those people that are willing to give you a long leash to to do those extra jobs and and give you time to progress to, you know, probably well over a hundred events now, but yeah. um, you know, it's really good to hear that you had that initial experience there and were motivated to keep moving forward with it. Um, you know, shortly after another position, I just want to talk about briefly is your time uh, as an operations officer with HEO. Just uh, talk about that role and maybe some of the things that you, uh, you learned beforehand that you used in that role. Yeah. Um, so I started with ATO uh, Hockey Eastern Ontario and, about 2016 I think it was the spring of 2016 and um, nobody really knows they're a branch of Hockey Canada so kind of the governing body of hockey in that area and um, the HCR is the Hockey Canada registry so how people sign up for hockey online and manage the teams and everything like that if you've ever taken a clinic or coached hockey whatever you're you're in the Hockey Canada system so main thing was helping out registrars in the area and um, 
helping them set up their online registration, answering any questions, dealt a lot with transfers, whether it's players coming into HEO or, or going out in the U.S. and international transfers. So that, you know, I applied for the job and didn't really expect to get it because I didn't have a ton of sports, you know, working experience other than internships and, and ended up getting it and was really happy. And um, that definitely gave me a great experience seeing kind of the behind the scenes of, of hockey and, and seeing the politics of hockey as well, being the governing body. It's, it's an interesting world. I'll kind of leave it at that, but there's a lot of stories that are, I think off recording kind of material, but um, no, it was a really good experience there. My boss, Debbie Rambo, she was the, she is the executive director in there. And, and she was, you know, more than, again, just another person I got lucky to, to be around what somebody that, wanted to see me move up and was willing to help out and, and do anything. And um, yeah, I still stay in touch with her and she still checks up on me. And every time she checks up on me, I think she still asks if I'm married yet and when kids are coming. So she was a bit of a, a mo- like a work mother kind of thing. And um, no, it was a great, great experience working there, getting, meeting a lot of people as well. I, um, you know, I, got a lot of experience working with the junior A team. So I built a bit of a network there and it was a way I got my name out that, you know, I could go to the rink and go up and talk to coaches because they, they knew me from dealing with the HCR or dealing with a team or something like that. So um, a really good experience there. I was there probably about two and a half years and um, I had ups and downs like everything, but overall really happy I got to work there and got kind of a break in hockey that way. Yeah, I think there's a unique opportunity there to, like you said, learn the the politics and the behind the scenes stuff because, you know, a lot of jobs in hockey, you're in those dual roles. So as a, you know, a video coach, for example, you, a lot of times you're dealing with team services and things like that. Yeah. And having that, you know, dual background and ability to, you know, help here and help there, it, it really does um, increase your value. And uh, it's another thing that you can, you can bring to the table as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, kind of what I, I didn't maybe didn't realize as much in college is, you know, probably 80% of the jobs in sports aren't coach related. You know, you're not on the bench or you're not the general manager making trades. It's a lot of those admin sides um, and the business side of sports that if you're looking for a job, that's most likely where you're going to get it. So it was a good experience just getting that admin side to it and understanding how things work and trades are made and, uh, transfers work and everything like that so yeah no tremendous uh, tremendous opportunity and interesting to hear about it as well but you know your passion was definitely in the coaching side and you'd continue to do some more video coaching work uh, the next one that I want to bring up is OHL Gold Cup uh, just talk about that and working with Team HEO and uh, how you find yourself there uh, I think it was I was working with HEO at the time so it was kind of uh, didn't really have to apply for a video coach position. They, um, it had been Richard Bue, um, who was a Manitoba Moose video coach. Um, he had done it for a couple of years and he went to Manitoba that year. So um, they needed somebody else to do it. I did it. Darcy Finley was actually one of the assistant coaches our first year. So it was good having that kind of, um, you know, relationship already there with one of the coaches and Sylvain Favreau was in the head coach and, um, he's in Halifax right now he's a a really good guy to learn from and got that experience getting to do video at at a pretty high level with 
some really elite athletes uh, at HEO and um, that first year was pretty good. We, I think we lost in the semifinals or something like that, but competed really hard and had a, had a pretty good team. And um, next year, next year, unfortunately I got to, got to go and set up for a first game and, and the equipment didn't work. So it uh, ended up doing a bunch of more stats that year. And uh, I was able to get a spreadsheet going and track a lot of game events that way. And then we were able to, breakdown game post or breakdown video post game. Um, so still got to do some video work there. And um, yeah, it was kind of an unfortunate, I mean, that's part of being a video coach is your equipment just going dead and tough not being in your, in your hometown, knowing where to go to, to find some equipment. So, uh, but again, it was just adapting to the situation and, um, you know, finding a way that it can still help out the team and benefit from, from being there. Yeah, in the roundtable series, that's one of the topics we talked about, the ups and downs and the unpredictability, but also the ability to adapt in a situation. So um, very interesting hearing about that experience. We've had a couple of different guests that were involved in some capacity, but, um, you know, it's always tough when you have everything set up and you're ready to go and it's something that's out of your control and you just kind of have to switch gears and take it from a different approach, which you did with the statistics and whatnot. So uh, good on you for that. But now, moving into your more recent role as a video coach at the University of Ottawa, um, just talk about that and the major learning curves in that role, and then also speak to the difference in now working at the university level as opposed to, you know, minor hockey and things like that. Yeah, so I joined uh, U-Ottawa in it was 2019. Um, after the 2018-19 season with Nepean, I realized I it was time for me to maybe switch to another team or or move up and try and make that jump to the next level. And um, Brent Sullivan, who's the associate coach, um, was something I, some someone I had met um, a few times at Nipian. He'd come watch our games in New Darcy, and um, so I'd met him a couple times and uh, reached out to a few teams and kind of tried to gauge where where there were some openings and couldn't really find anything. And reached out to Sully, and at the time I think reached out in March or. April and they they weren't looking for anybody their video coach was coming back and and then lucky luckily enough three weeks later he reached out said their video coach got another job so he's moving on and asked if I was still interested so um, ended up talking to him and Pat uh, who's the head coach um, talked to them had a, a good phone call with them first week later met him in person and just from you know that first meeting I realized it was a it was a really good fit and it was an opportunity I, want, I would kick myself for not taking. So um ended up actually reaching out to, to Richard Bue again, who was somebody I'd uh, reached out to just because of her connections with HEO and um, some acquaintances, reached out to him, got his opinion on it. And he's a Carleton University guy, so I don't, he spoke highly of, of you, Audible, but not too highly. Um, but yeah, he, gave me good advice and kind of trusted him on it and decided to go there and, and be the video coach for the team. And, and it was just an incredible, incredible year that um, Pat and Sully just built just a, a great program. And they started, they took it over when, when the uh, program was kind of brought back to the school after the two years off. And um, 
I just felt really lucky to to get on with those guys. And again, it was two more guys that, you know, right from our first meeting, they said, you know, we want to see you stay around, but if you do want to move up, they want to help you get there. So whether that was, you know, reaching out to some of their contacts or, or letting me do, do work in games or post game that would kind of translate to the next level, they were more than willing. And, and there's somebody, they might always, not always like my idea, but they're willing to, to listen to it and give their two cents. And, you know, it's not a, a paid position. So anything they're getting out of it is just kind of beneficial and they see that. Um, so whether the idea works out or not, I know I can approach them and, and bring that idea to them. And the year was great. We made it to the national championships and um, that was a kind of a culmination for them that they started the program. Their goal was year four was going to the national championships. And um, unfortunately we lost in the, OUA finals in a triple overtime game and that was a I still remember that bus ride and still we were in Guelph and uh, a six-hour bus ride at you know leaving Guelph at probably one in the morning six-hour bus ride is a long time to think about a triple overtime loss so um, that was definitely one experience I I won't forget but um, a great year with them such a great group of players around and great mindsets and attitudes and got to go to Halifax and we were there for a week and just COVID hit. And I think it was less than 24 hours before our game, they said the tournament was off. So um, unfortunate way to end the season, but, um, you know, made it to the national championship. I thought we would have made it to at least round two. We had a pretty good team and some good momentum. And yeah, I can't say enough about about going there and joining the program and looking forward if we ever play again this year looking forward to getting back to the rink and getting around the group yeah it's unfortunate when uh, some again something out of your control kind of yeah. plays a factor there and, and COVID being it this time but um, it's great to hear that you had another uh, great staff or like we kind of talked about before the interview here it's good when you have people that are willing to listen to your ideas and whether they're good, bad, or it's not, it's indifferent, you know, they're, they're still willing to give their two cents and, and take your thoughts into consideration. And uh, as someone that's just looking to grow in your field, I think that's pretty much the best opportunity that you can find in, in that way that uh, gives you that flexibility as well. So uh, just to, you know, continue to work on your overall game, uh, like ISS, you look to do some scouting and this time you joined Hockey Prospect as a HEO scout. Uh, just talk about Hockey Prospect overall. I've had a couple different contacts work there. Uh, Mitch Avis, who's now with Owen Sound, uh, he worked with me for a while and, and did some work there. So just talk about that uh, group and kind of what you learned uh, since joining HEO, uh, the Hockey Prospect, sorry. Yeah, so I started that last year. Um, I kind of realized that I was going to be with the GGs and the schedule wasn't going to be as intense as a a junior A schedule so I, I knew I was going to have free time and thought I might as well do some scouting and just was on their site one day and saw a scout with us button clicked it applied and um, I ended up hearing from Mark Edwards who's the founder and director of hockey ops there and I think he replied to my application within an hour and uh, that like was kind of blown away that he would even reach back and um, ended up talking to him a couple weeks later on the phone and Mark is a very direct guy 
which is I think what you need to be as a scout. You, there's no beating around the bush with him. He's really good guy to learn from. And I remember our first call, he asked me how I was doing. And, and then he said, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I have four scouts in Ottawa. I don't really need a fifth. And I thought, okay, well, I don't know why he called me to tell me he doesn't need me around. And he's like, but I liked your resume. So I want to, want to bring you on. So I kind of just got lucky again there that, you know, they might not have been looking for somebody, but um, he still gave me that opportunity just because of my, my history. And um, that was another great experience. And, um, you know, working with him and Justin, who's the regional kind of Ontario scout and, uh, you know, learning from them again, seeing different perspectives of the game. And uh, again, Mark's a very direct guy and you kind of see that almost NHL mindset of a scout when you talk to him and, um, you know, just thought hearing him talk on, on some of our monthly calls that it was a really good learning experience hearing his perspective and, and realizing you have to be very direct in those kind of perspectives because you don't want to get your pick wrong. And, and especially for him, it's his company that, you know, you, we want to make sure we're putting out the list of the top players and that we really think should be in those, those spots. So just another great experience. And again, if hockey starts up this year, I'll be back at the rink scouting for them and look forward to putting in some more reports. Yeah. And we talked about ISS and, and how it's a great platform like hockey prospect, but, um, I think it's also important to talk about those conversations and the scouting meetings. And sometimes it's a call and sometimes it's a, you know, a, a very, very long email thread that uh, yeah. a lot of stuff gets lost in translation, but uh, it's through those interactions and learning from those scouts. And, um, you know, in a place like that, a lot of those scouts will go on to work, you know, in OHL or, or NHL or in Europe, you know, wherever it may be, but um, to have those connections and continue to talk hockey day in and day out with people that are passionate about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's another opportunity just to learn the game overall and, and add to your resume. And, uh, you know, I think you've been very successful in that regard. So, you know, more recently, uh, you, you're working with Hockey Canada as an IT coordinator. Um, Hockey Canada is a place that not a lot of people get to work, but, you know, we're very fortunate to find a position there. So just talk about uh, maybe your role a little bit and then I'll, more so the opportunity to just be involved with Hockey Canada and have that uh, yeah, stable so on your that, resume. I feel like I'm saying the word lucky a thousand times right now. It was, again, just another position I got lucky with. I I saw the posting in, I think it was October, and um, I don't have an IT background um, other than my experience kind of at HGO working with the, the HCR. Um, and uh, so I wasn't too sure about applying for it. There were qualifications, like going to the actually school and getting a certificate for IT. So I think I put in an application the last day kind of thing and, you know, thought if I get it, if I get an interview, I get an interview, but didn't really think too much of it. And and then in January, it uh, got an email saying I was moving on in the process and started with some background questions and then led to a, a Skype interview, which I'd never done before because it based out of Calgary. With, so it was with my kind of future boss and manager. Um, I had that experience, which was unique. I never had a interview over Skype. So that was kind of a good experience gauging uh, people and 
my people asking me questions weren't even on camera, so that was even tougher. He couldn't really see their their facial reactions, so I didn't know if I was saying the right thing or or wrong thing. And um, had that interview, and then ended up having a in person interview probably about two weeks later. Um, my first one was supposed to be a week later, and again by chance there was a snowstorm that they they were flying in, so it got canceled. And you know, this whole time I was stunned that I even had, I was in this process for a job with Hockey Canada. And um, it was kind of something I, like I had always dreamed of. And um, so I was pretty on edge. You can ask my girlfriend that I was a bit of a mess those few months there when that was happening and uh, probably a bit annoying as well. So um, yeah, I had an in-person interview and, and then I think it was about two weeks later, um, they ended up calling, offering a job. And it was one of those things that we were right in the middle of uh, playoffs, actually, with the GGs. And I was at the rink. It was had been two weeks since my interview. And 5 o'clock at night, I thought, okay, well, I'm not hearing from them. Might as well put my nerves to bed and wait till till next week. And sure enough, as I was setting up my equipment, I got a call. I got offered the job. And I was shaky. Like, I... It was the kind of HR coordinator and um, she was just going over it. She had to go over a bunch of HR needs and everything like that. And I could have been agreeing to getting paid like five bucks an hour. And I wouldn't have noticed. Like I was just so excited that I got it and really happy with that. And um, I was lucky my parents were coming to that game. So um, I was able to tell them in person and, and let them know, see their reaction, which was was always great. And um, after I got the call, went into the coach's room, and so the coaches knew I was in the process of the job. And I just stood in the middle of the room and looked at the floor, and I was like, "I got the job." And then they they all went crazy, and like I was just in disbelief, kind of the whole time. So yeah, I started with them in March, and again it was COVID situation. I flew back from Halifax and my first day was working from home. And uh, I think I've gone in the six, seven months I've been working here, I've gone in the office two times. So I haven't even met my bosses in person yet. So it's uh, been another unique learning experience. And um, again, seeing kind of this, it's not just the branch that you're seeing, it's the whole country. And and especially in this time, you, you see the decision-making that's going on and the way they're thinking about COVID and health and everything like that. It's, you know, it's a really good time to have gotten the job kind of tough that I'm learning through zoom kind of thing, but um, no, it's been a great, great experience. And I mean, who, who wouldn't want to say they're, they work for hockey Canada and it's been a great experience so far and looking forward to actually getting into the office and, and getting out to Calgary as well. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very unique time to join that thing. But, uh, you know, maybe working from home, you get to join into more calls and, and meet yeah. people that way and learn a little bit more just because, uh, you know, everybody's trying to stay connected. But uh, always unique about hearing about Hockey Canada and a national body in the sport. And uh, for you, it's just an opportunity to kind of put yourself out there. And, and who knows if you're going to get the job, but, you know, you did. And it kind of just shows that yeah. you have to be willing to uh, take those chances sometimes and you and just got to shoot forward. your shot yeah that's all it is is yeah you might not get it but 
who's to say you won't get it, you will get it, you know, or won't get it, whatever. It, uh, looking back on it, you know, I was at a job that I wasn't really happy with. And, um, so just taking that chance on applying for a job, even though I didn't think I was really going to get it paid off big time because, you know, I was working at a gym and that gym ended up closing because of COVID and, you know, I could have easily been out of a job, but I got lucky that, you know, I got the job with Hockey Canada and was able to keep working. A great story. And uh, hopefully, as you said, you can get back to normalcy soon and and get really involved there. But moving to uh, some references and things like that, uh, people always like to learn uh, during times like COVID-19, podcasts like this, articles, books, webinars, you name it. So for you personally, what are some of your favorite resources that you look to uh, for reference and new ideas? Yeah, I think podcasts are great, like especially this one. I listened to a bunch of the episodes and, you know, you don't even, might not be something you're interested in, but um, getting the perspective of, you know, uh, Adam Dennis or um, or Michael, Michael Zolt, I think it is, uh, in Kitchener, you get the analytics perspective and see what that job's like. And then you get a general manager job and but you get, you know, seeing, hearing about, you know, the D3 experience as well and university hockey and junior hockey, junior B, junior A, um, you know, stuff like that is really good. Just hearing everybody's philosophy, whether you end up agreeing with it or not, it just gives you a different perspective. And, and you know, the later on I got with coaching and being in hockey, the more I realized you got to learn every single day, whether it is just listening to one podcast or, um, you know, COVID did suck for a lot. You couldn't go out and couldn't do a lot of the stuff, but but there were so many free webinars and and calls and everything like that that uh, it was almost a great time to you know be in a situation to want to learn about hockey and everything like that. The NHL Coaches Association, um, you know, going to their conference, they've done that the last two years, and they had the free webinars there in in the spring, and that was a great learning tool and I mean just going on YouTube and googling anything there's people explaining drills or or anything like that Um, you know reading books on leadership and um, it doesn't have to be a hockey book you see uh, Mike McKenzie in in Kitchener was shows his books and I think there was maybe one one hockey book in there what he read over the summer a lot of it's maybe a different sport or leadership or something leadership in business or anything like that so I think there's so much out there I I can't specify one thing because there is so much great great resources out there that don't I don't want think people should limit themselves to just hockey books or anything like that those are always great and you need to read them but um, reading leadership books like the New Zealand All Blacks book was such an incredible story I think that's probably one of the most popular books I think for coaches and people in sports and one of the most recommended one that, you know, just seeing their perspective on, on developing a culture there and everything like that was just a great perspective as well. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when you can get into those different sports and get those takeaways, it's always exciting and uh, a number of great things were happening throughout the summer of COVID-19 and the NHL coaches association was a tremendous resources. Uh, You know, hearing all those webinars, there's so much to learn and, for someone like me who's uh, maybe not as adapt on the coaching side, uh, I was able to have a lot of takeaways, which you know will help down the road applying analytics and things like that. So 
another, uh, you know, great list of things that you mentioned there that people should take advantage of, uh, even though if they can't even today. So uh, moving forward even more, uh, you know, you mentioned a number of mentors throughout the uh, interview process here, but maybe just uh, talk about them and if there's any others, and then also uh, touch on some of the major lessons that they taught you, you know, throughout your career. Yeah. I mean, all the guys I mentioned were, were huge and, um, you know, I, I look back on it now that I've had tons of great experiences in hockey and I realized it all started with Roy uh, and the West End. If he didn't give me that opportunity, maybe I would have gone and done my volunteer somewhere or somewhere else. And, and that would mean I'm not working for Hockey Canada right now. It could mean I, you know, I went to school for carpentry out of high school. So then now I'm an IT coordinator. Like it, you never know what's going to happen. And I look back that I got really lucky to to work with a guy like Roy and and that gave me you know a lot of knowledge and was willing to push me and give me the experience of moving up and uh, and then going into junior if Randy Watt didn't let me be the video coach I probably wouldn't be with U Ottawa and I really got to learn a lot with with Randy who'd been in junior A for decades and learned a lot of a uh, lot from him and um you know, another guy, he didn't give me the opportunity that he did and didn't, you know, kind of give me the resources to better myself, then I still probably wouldn't be here kind of thing, you know. And um, Darcy, I'm touching on everybody that <laughs> I talked about already. Darcy Finley was was huge and a huge role model in, you know, he was somebody I didn't know kind of my coaching identity. And I met him and I saw him how he coached and I was like that's that's how I want to coach and I I learned so much from him not just about the game but about coaching and and the work ethic that you do have to establish and the work you have to put in to be successful in hockey so uh, you know he was a great one and then Pat and Sully with uh, U Ottawa guys that I I'm really fortunate to be around that uh, willing to see me improve and willing to listen to my ideas and, uh, you know, just uh, great guys to have kind of in my corner. Yeah, it's always uh, interesting to hear the community that you kind of build throughout the, the journey moving through hockey. And um, I always put people on the spot with that question because, you know, after the conversation, you'll say, okay, I miss person A, B, C, D, the list goes on and on. But um, that, you know, That's probably my short list yeah. of it too. Like I could – you know, Debbie Rambo at HEO, another one that was huge. But, um, you know, the common thing, I think, kind of getting back to your question about, you know, the lessons I learned from it is put, you want to put yourself around people that want to see you be successful and, and want to help you go somewhere. If you have dreams, they'll, they're willing to help you out. And every single one of those, those people were, was what I wanted and what I needed. To, to help me get and get somewhere and you know if I didn't meet any of them on the line who's down the road who's to say I would would be here so um, I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway is is find people put surround yourself with people that are gonna see you succeed and want to see you succeed yeah and in the process of wanting to see you succeed uh, they provide a lot of advice and guidance as a final question for the interview today if you could go back in time and maybe it's yourself who's taken a year off hockey um, after having a, a not so good experience there for a year or someone in a similar position 
Uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would uh, progress in hockey operations someday? I think when you're starting out, just be willing to, to almost do anything. Um, I went from coaching house league to, you know, it meant that I was missing out on hanging out with friends on Friday nights and going away to tournaments and stuff like that. It's, it's a grind, but, um, you know, being willing to do anything like that, to coaching house league or reaching out to a junior A team and selling 50-50 tickets, like anything you can do to get your foot in the door, that's what it's going to take. You don't get lucky to, uh, it's not often that you get a job right away and it's full time and it's exactly what you want. Like that, it just, that's very rare. And um, if it would happen that way, that would be amazing, but it, it doesn't. So, um, you know, just be willing to, to do whatever it takes and, you know, just understanding that it is a grind. Like we were talking before, you know, you have a part-time job with Sarnia, but it's, it is full-time hours, you know, and, um, being with the GGs, it's long bus rides and um, getting to hotel rooms at one o'clock in the morning and uh, still got to do work. And it's being in hockey is a huge grind, but I love every minute of it. And you just got to embrace that grind as well. Yeah, you have to embrace the culture. It's uh, it's not for the faint of heart and, and not for those people that like to be home uh, by five o'clock for supper, but uh, very, very interesting to hear uh, that perspective and your career as a whole. So, Alex, I just want to thank you for taking some time again to join me and, and talk about, you know, your path in hockey on the podcast. And hopefully soon enough, uh, University Hockey's back and Hockey Canada's back in full swing. And, and I wish you all the best moving forward. Yeah, thanks for having me again. All right. Take care. I'd like to thank Alex for coming on the podcast and giving us the detailed breakdown of his career. Listeners can relate to those who have climbed the ladder in hockey, and with time spent at everything from university to house league, Alex's story presented that relatable aspect, so again I'd like to thank him for sharing. If you would like to get in touch with Alex to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Matt Dumichel, Assistant General Manager with Leamington Flyers. Some may remember Matt from my own interview, but this time around, the focus is on him, and we talk about some interesting experiences in hockey as well as other sports, so listen to that one on this upcoming Wednesday. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for supporting the podcast, and please continue to interact and give your thoughts and opinions on social media so that we can look to continually grow the podcast in the coming weeks and months. As always, stay safe and all the best.